start this morning with uh, that video as we prepare to go uh, and uh, serve at our uh, back to school carnival. You guys excited about that? Yeah, so um, just that was a refresher from last year from what it looked like. I uh, can't guarantee it's going to look like that again, um, but I expect there's going to be a lot of similar kinds of joy and service and fun and love uh, that is happening. Now, uh, if, if you're new here or uh, if you're just um, not sure um, kind of where this came from, how we got to uh, doing this uh, back-to-school carnival at Marcus Whitman, I want to give you just a brief uh, history um, of kind of what led us to uh, this point. So uh, I, I got to here to the church at uh, Westside uh, in 2016. Um, in my interview weekend, um, there was actually a, a, a congregational meeting, I believe. It was in February. Uh, and there was a report being done about this process that we were in with an organization called TAG, uh, where we were evaluating things and kind of working through some structures and identifying kind of key aspects of who we are as a church, kind of helping us take next steps um, in, in growing and um, really being a, a uh, a church that has a presence and a mission in our community. And uh, in part of that process, they asked us to develop a mission statement, not because we didn't have one, but just to say, you know, sometimes you got to update this. It, it identifies kind of who you are and what your values are and kind of where you're, you're aimed at. Um, and I'll just summarize it for you. Um, but kind of three ideas that came out of the mission statement are that we want to be a church um, that is a community. It's about being a community of people, okay? And we said that um, it's about being disciples. We're following after Jesus. And that it's about being a witness of who Jesus is to those around us. So our mission statement is about being community, being a disciple, and about being a witness. And out of that, they said, okay, um, that, this is great. This is fantastic. But what you need is a focus statement Something to kind of um, aim you, because sometimes when you have um, this, this broad mission, you kind of go, where do I start, okay? Um, and the focus statement was to say, hey, and then for the next three to five years, kind of aim your mission towards this area and this avenue. Uh, and if you've been around, you, you probably have heard the phrase, um, winning the right to share Jesus with 10,000 people in the Tri-Cities. Now, 10,000 is just a, a number that was picked, um, and the idea there is that when you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Um, and so to have just a number to, to hit. Now, the, the win the right idea isn't about, well, Jesus doesn't give us the right, and so we have to earn the right. Well, no, we, we understand that we have a mandate, we have a mission from Jesus to go and do this, but it's about understanding our audience, understanding our culture, the people around us, the community in which we live. Let me give you an example of this. Um, who here has ever had a situation where somebody um, walked up to you um, and just started giving you their opinion, their advice, things that you could do better in your life, things that you should change? Anyone ever had that happen? Th three of you? You're lucky. You're lucky. Um, it, it could be a family member. It could be um, a, a coworker. It could be a friend. Um, but, but usually when that happens, how do you respond? Thanks, but no thanks, right? Like, like, a lot of times, unsolicited advice is not received well. But if you flip the script and you start with, you, you asked for their advice, it goes a whole lot better, right? Yeah, the, the idea of winning the right is that we have people who don't necessarily want to hear from us. And that by the way that we live, by the way that we're following Jesus in front of them and with them and doing life and caring, that they might go, hey, I'm, I'm curious. Would, would you tell me 
more about this. And all of a sudden, where they're turned off to the idea because we could just unsolicitedly give it to them, they're now inquisitive and asking and wanting to know more. Now, sometimes they don't necessarily ask, but because of the way we've lived life amongst people, they're open, right? So now it becomes solicited. They're, they're saying, I, I, I'm open to hearing more of what you have to say. And so our, our efforts at Marcus Whitman, what we're going to do today at our carnival, is a result of, of this kind of work, of being a community, being disciples, being a witness, so that we can win the right to share Jesus with those in our community. Now let me ask you a, a, another question. Have you ever been in a situation where, where someone comes to you with an idea that they're super excited about, um, maybe asking you to be a part of it with them, to buy into it, um, whatever it might be, and there's, they're obviously excited, but you're just kind of like, eh. Ever have that happen? Have you ever been the excited person and had somebody like, why, don't you, why aren't you excited with me? Okay, some of us, some of us. So how, how do you get excited when somebody else is excited about something that they've discovered or, or found? So I, I think, I've got a few ideas that um, sometimes you just have to um, maybe participate with them in it. Um, you have to maybe see it at work, see the benefits. Um, sometimes it is just enough to hear because you trust them. You go, oh, wow, okay, that, that, that sounds great. Um, in this process that we've been in, we've had some people who have done a lot of work and have gotten excited about that work, developing leadership, developing strategies, developing some of these ideas. And so what can happen sometimes is that we come to you and you haven't had that same level of, of involvement or interest or behind-the-scenes work to get excited about it. And so we were in a, a process, um, and, and there's a word, it's not always used um, in the church, but there's a word I think that conveys the idea of how to go about helping people get on board with an idea, and that's branding and, and marketing. Um, that you want to share ideas and, and, and have visuals and language that's going to help people uh, get on board. And we were in the process of doing that uh, when COVID hit, right? Um, and then all of a sudden we're scrambling and we're having to take care of other things and figure other things out as, as leadership. Um, and we've taken some extra time to work on some other things internally with some of our leadership structures and uh, things that are, that are going on that I won't uh, bore you with. But I can tell you that we, we still have the goal of making sure that we're all on the same page, that you feel as excited about it as, as we do, that we own this as a community. So the, the goal is that we would have language and visuals and processes that bring the heart of who Westside is all together so that anyone who comes in, whether it's your first time in or your thousandth time in, can quickly know who we are and what we're about so that an ever-growing community could develop where people are learning how to follow Jesus and who become witnesses to our city about the grace and love of Jesus. That's the goal. That's, that's where we are going. And so this morning, as we wrap up our Blessed to be a Blessing series, I want to share with you a couple of ideas that are, are meant to help um, not only be a catalyst for as we leave from here to go serve, um, but to, to remind us of this is what it looks like. Here's the direction. Here's what we are doing. These ideas come out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 
11. Uh, if you were here a couple weeks ago, you heard that this was the passage of scripture that our high schoolers focused on throughout their week on the mission trip, on deputation around all of Washington State. And I think some of these ideas are going to help move us in the direction that we're wanting to go, of being a community of people who follow Jesus so that our city knows who Jesus is. So let me read for you 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. It says this, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So there's, there's a lot here in this passage. There's five key ideas um, that I want to focus on. It's what we focused on uh, as a high school group. Um, and, and here they are. It's the idea of loving deeply, sharing generously, using your gifts, serving wholeheartedly, and praising God. Now, we could take the time to um, unpack deeply each one, kind of um, cross-reference throughout Scripture, see other evidences, um, really pull out some, some truths, um, but that's not what I want to do uh, this morning. Instead, what I want to do is share about five people or um, uh, some individuals and a couple of couples um, who, for me, have embodied these ideas of what it means to love, share, use your gifts, serve, and praise God. And that by doing so, maybe, we all would be blessed by hearing some of these stories. So the first one uh, is love deeply. When I came um, here in 2016, like I said, um, I thought that I was a Star Trek fan. Um, and then I went and did a movie night with John Campbell and Michael Grandy and Kyle Schlotta, and I quickly learned I am not a Star Trek fan. Um, but uh, quickly, there became an instant uh, connection and, and relationship. And as many of you know, um, from, from 2016 till uh, November of last year, I lived with, with John and, and, and Michael. And when I think about what it means to love deeply, I think of my brother John. And I probably don't tell him this enough. But John Campbell has been somebody who not only invited me into his home, but invited me into his life to share and do life together. Who's laughed with me, watched movies with me, played games with me, beaten me at a lot of games. He's served with me in the high school group, given up vacation time to go on mission trips, walked alongside me, been a counsel for me. John Campbell has walked with me through the hardest season of my life. And as I lived with this open wound, the deepest wound of my life, John Campbell was there to listen, to care, and to love. So when Peter says, 
to love, to show deep love for each other. I think of John Campbell and the example that that is. Because it's about presence, being willing to just keep showing up in somebody's life. When I think about what it means to share generously, I, uh, again, going back to when I first got here, um, I, uh, I had an interview weekend, like I said, on, on, in February, um, went and hiked Badger Mountain with Rick Grandy and Stacy McBride, um, did not realize how cold it was actually going to be. I thought I'm coming to the desert. Um, but then had a, 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 an evening at the Baldwins. Um, so Kim was, at the time was on the search committee. There's a bunch of people um, who were on the search committee. Um, so got to, to meet them and meet a whole bunch of people and some kids. Um, got to teach a lesson on Sunday morning. Um, apparently I did well enough that you guys said we want to hang out with you for the next six years and hopefully more. So thank you. Um, but then my first day um, was the day after Easter. But I was actually here on Easter. Um, and I got, again, invited over to one of the the search committee's houses, um, Kim and Ernie, uh, said, come on over. Um, and for me, it was a whirlwind. It's like all these people that I'm trying to meet. Um, I, I thought that I met Kristen Jackson uh, the next day at Sterling's with Ralph, but she reminded me that um, I forgot her because I met her at the Baldwins. Um, but ever since then, they have treated me like family. And everything that is theirs is mine. I mean, I have pajamas to prove it. Um, I have um, Chicago Cubs um, shoes. I have gifts. I have um, just everything. I have um, food. Oh my goodness, I don't do food. Um, they have shared all of themselves, their home, their family, their friends with me. Because for them, everybody who they meet can be family. And to share generously, it's about treating everyone like family. So loving deeply, it's about presence. Sharing generously, it's about treating people like family. Then it says, use your gifts. That God has given us this great variety of gifts. And when I think about that, I mean, there's, there's so many people that I could be naming in all of this. I'm just choosing a couple because we don't have the time. Um, we would be here literally all day. Um, but when I think about what it means to use your gifts, I think of Kristen Jackson. Kristen came uh, as a trainee years ago um, and discovered, man, this, this is fantastic. God might be calling me in this direction. Um, and, and she came on as a, like a ministry assistant, um, worked with the former uh, youth pastor, Stu. Uh, and when he left... Um, it was uh, maybe five, eight months, something like that, in between uh, when I got there uh, and when Stu had left. And so Kristen was, was running uh, the youth ministry and doing a phenomenal job, using her gifts to do that. But then in the midst of that, she said, you know what, I, I want to get more gifts. I want to continue to grow. Uh, and so she planned to leave for seminary. And just as a testament to uh, who she is as a person and her leadership and the gifts that she has, when we told the kids, there was one student in particular who, who looked at me and said, hey, Ben, I'm still new. She goes, if you leave, will Kristen stay? <laughs> no, Kristen's going, <laughs> okay? Um, because she's continuing to develop and use her gifts. And then she came back 
uh, and she blessed us with um, being able to be on staff and uh, work with young adults. And then um, because of COVID, things just changed. And, and so then she started just uh, working in the schools. But then she said, you know what, I still got a passion. And so I said, come work with uh, middle school um, and, and be a middle school leader. Uh, she served on trainees. She's done so many things. And I quickly learned, um, even in that first um, window of time of knowing her in 2016, where we overlapped for three or four months, what a great ministry partner that I had. Because where she was strong in her gifts with communication and organization, um, I am not. And so I've seen her use her gifts. And again, she has said, I want to use my gifts. And I want to continue to grow my gifts. And so right now, she is driving to Delaware, where she is doing a year-long ministry job there in Delaware, uh, doing youth ministry. When it comes to your gifts, it's about being intentional. Loving deeply, it's about presence. Sharing generously, it's about treating everyone as family. Using your gifts, it's about being intentional. Well, then he says to serve. You got all these gifts, so, so serve. Uh, and, and we phrase it as serve wholeheartedly with, with all that you have. And man, this, this church has so many examples of what it means to serve, but I'm just going to name a couple. Rick and Diane Pratt. When I came on, um, Rick was clerk of session, uh, and he just stepped down um, from that. So six-plus years of being an elder, and it was not his first time being an elder. Uh, Many, many years of serving as an elder uh, for Westside. And as I learned... um, I think maybe he was even a, a youth elder. I can't even name all the, the, the roles that, that Rick has, has taken on. Um, but I've heard stories and I've seen pictures of Rick on youth mission trips, going and serving and, and blessing. Um, he even began to, to um, reinvest in the high school group with me on Sunday mornings. Um, right now, I know he's, if he's not in here, he's out serving. I already saw him here setting things up, working, um, making sure that the Marcus Whitman um, event could happen. And Diane has been working in our finance office uh, for years, faithfully serving and, and giving um, and loving it. I don't get it. I don't get numbers, um, but I love that, that she's using her gifts and serving and giving. And I can tell you, this church would not function without Diane and many of the people in that office. See, serving isn't about being great or being upfront or anything. It's about faithfulness, being faithful to do what you can, to do what, what God has called you to do. And I see that in Rick and Diane. And finally, Peter finishes off by saying, everything you do will bring glory to God, all glory and power to him forever and ever. So we just said, praise God. Praise and glorify God. God. And when I think of that, again, I'm just choosing one. I think of Sean Bassner, who who can't be here today. She's in quarantine. Um, If you've ever sat down and talked with her and heard her story, In all that she has experienced and all that she does, she gives glory and praise to God. And because of her story 
because of her partnership in ministry, I give more and more praise to God. I would encourage you, if you haven't sat down with Sean, do it. Because Sean has a perspective and an attitude of praise, even when things are hard. And guess what? Things have been hard in her life. But she still looks to God and says, man, all glory to God. And if she were here right now, I think, I think she would tell you two things. Glorify God and invite someone to Alpha so they can learn to glorify God. <laughs> Love deeply. Be present with people. Share generously. Treat everyone like family. Use your gifts with intentionality. Discover them. Learn more about them. Put them into use. Serve just faithfully in the ways that you are being called to serve. And have an attitude of praise for God in all things. This, this happens. This, this loving and sharing and using your gifts and serving and praising God happens because we are loved. John says that in his letters. He says, we love because God first loved us. It all flows out of that truth. I love deeply because I am loved. I share generously because I am loved. I use my gifts because I am loved. I serve wholeheartedly because I am loved. And I praise God because I am loved. I want you to know that you are loved. And may we be a church that loves well, that shares well, that utilizes our gifts well, who serves well and who praises God well. This is the blessing that blesses. And you know what happens when you're a part of a community that can do that? You're filled with joy. I have joy because of the people that I named. And that's just a small handful, right, of the people. I know and I see the smile that hits their face when they see me. And out of that joy of being loved, I love and I share and I use my gifts and I serve and I praise. I am blessed and I bless. And I pray that you would be surrounded by people who light up when they see you. And I pray that you would be someone who lights up when others walk in the room. And I pray that we may experience the joy of being loved, that we might take that joy with us. Because that can mark us as a community and as disciples so that we can go and be a witness. Let's pray.